In this last segment of the adventures of Buster Bear, we are going to find out what happens. So here we go. Chapter 19. Buster Bear has a fine time. Buster Bear was having the finest time he had had since he came down from the great woods to live in the green forest. To be sure, he wasn't in the green forest now, but he wasn't far from it. He was in the old pasture, one edge of which touches one edge of the green forest. And where do you think he was in the old pasture? Why, right in the middle of the biggest patch of the biggest blueberries he ever had seen in all his life. Now, if there is any one thing that Buster Bear had rather have above all another, it is all the berries he can eat, unless it is honey. Nothing can quite equal honey, in Buster's mind, but next to honey, give him berries. He is in particular what kind of berries? Raspberries, blueberries, or blue blackberries? Either kind will make him perfectly happy. My, my, these are good, he mumbled in his deep, grumbly, rumbly voice as he sat on his haunches, stripping off the berries greedily. His little eyes twinkled with enjoyment, and he didn't mind at all if now and then he got leaves and some green berries in his mouth with the big ripe berries. He didn't try to get them out. Oh, my, no. He just chomped them all up together and patted his stomach from sheer delight. Now, Buster had reached the old pasture just as jolly round red Mr. Sun had crept up out of bed, and he had fully made up his mind that he would be back in the green forest before Mr. Sun had climbed very far up in the blue-blue sky. You see, big as he is, and strong as he is, Buster Bear is very shy and bashful and he has no desire to meet Farmer Brown or Farmer Brown's boy or any other of those two-legged creatures called humans. Seems funny, but he actually is afraid of them, and he had a feeling that he was a great deal more likely to meet one of them in the old pasture than deep in the green forest. So when he started to look for berries, he made up his mind that he would eat what he could in a great hurry and then get back to the green forest before Farmer Brown's boy was more than out of bed. But when he found those berries, he was so hungry that he forgot his fears and everything else. They tasted so good that he just had to eat and eat and eat now, you know that Buster is a very big fellow, and it takes a lot to fill him up. He kept eating and eating and eating, and the more he ate, the more he wanted. You know how it is. So he wandered from one patch of berries to another in the old pasture, and never once thought of the time. Somehow, time is the hardest thing in the world to remember when you're having a good time. Jolly round red Mr. Sun climbed higher and higher in the blue-blue sky. He looked down on all the great world and saw all that was going on. He saw Buster Bear in the old pasture and smiled as he saw what a perfectly glorious time Buster was having. And he saw something else in the old pasture that made him smile still broader. He saw Farmer Brown's boy filling a great tin pail with blueberries, 
and he knew that Buster, that Farmer Brown's boy didn't know that Buster Bear was anywhere about, and he knew that Buster Bear didn't know that Farmer Brown's boy was anywhere about, and somehow he felt very sure that he would see something funny happen if they should chance to meet. Mumbled Buster Bear with his mouth full as he moved along to another patch of berries. And then he gave a little gasp of surprise and delight. Right in front of him was a shiny thing, just full of the finest, biggest, bluest berries. There were no leaves or green ones there. Buster blinked his greedy little eyes rapidly and looked again. No, he wasn't dreaming. They were real berries, and all he had to do was to help himself. Buster looked sharply at the shiny thing that held the berries. It seemed perfectly harmless. He reached out a big paw and pushed it gently. It tipped over and spilled out a lot of the berries. Yes, it was perfectly harmless. Buster gave a little sigh of pure happiness. He would eat those berries to the last one, and then he would go home to the green forest. Chapter 20. Buster Bear Carries Off the Pail of Farmer Brown's Boy. Question is, did Buster bear steal Farmer Brown's boy's pail? To steal is to take something which belongs to someone else. There is no doubt that he stole the berries that were in the pail when he found it, for he deliberately ate them. He knew well enough that someone must have picked them, for whoever heard of blueberries growing in tin pails? So there is no doubt that when Buster took them, he stole them. But with the pail, it was different. He took the pail, but he didn't mean to take it. In fact, he didn't want that pail at all. You see, it was this way. When Buster found the big tin pail brimming full of delicious berries in the shade of that big bush in the old pasture, he didn't stop to think whether or not he had a right to them. Buster is so fond of berries that from the very second that his greedy little eyes saw that pailful, he forgot everything but the feast that was waiting for him right under his very nose. He didn't think anything about the right or wrong of helping himself. There before him were more berries than he had ever seen together in one time in all his life, and all he had to do was eat and eat and eat, and that is just what he did do. Of course, he upset the pail, but he didn't mind a little thing like that. When he had gobbled up all the berries that rolled out, he thrust his nose into the pail to get all that were left in it. Just then, he heard a little noise, as if someone were coming. He threw up his head to listen, and somehow, he never did know just how, the handle of the pail slipped back over his ears and caught there. This was bad enough, but to make matters worse, just at that very minute he heard a shrill, angry voice shout, Hey there! Get out of there! He didn't need to be told whose voice that was. It was the voice of Farmer Brown's boy. Right then and there, Buster Bear nearly had a fit. 
There was that awful pail fast over his head so that he couldn't see a thing. Of course, that meant he couldn't run away, which was the thing of all things he most wanted to do. For big as he is and strong as he is, Buster is very shy and bashful when human beings are around. He growled and whined and squealed. He tried to back out of the pail and couldn't. He tried to shake it off and couldn't. He tried to pull it off, but somehow he couldn't get a hold of it. Then there was another yell. If Buster hadn't been so frightened himself, he might have recognized that second yell as one of fright, for that is what it was. You see, Farmer Brown's boy had just discovered Buster Bear. When he had yelled the first time, he had supposed that it was one of the young cattle who live in the old pasture all summer. But when he saw Buster, he was just as badly frightened as Buster himself. In fact, he was too surprised and frightened even to run. After that second yell, he just stood still and stared. Buster clawed at that awful thing on his head more frantically than ever. Suddenly, it slipped off so that he could see. He gave one frightened look at Farmer Brown's boy, and then with a mighty woof, he started for the green forest as fast as his legs could take him. And this is very was very fast indeed, let me tell you. He didn't stop to pick out a path just crashed through the bushes as if they were nothing at all, just nothing at all. But the funniest thing of all is this. He took that pail with him. Yes, sir, Buster Bear ran away with the big tin pail of Farmer Brown's boy. You see, when it slipped off his head, the handle was still around his neck, and there he was running away with the pail hanging from his neck. He didn't want it. He would have given anything to get rid of it. But he took it because he couldn't help it. And that brings us back to the question. Did Buster steal Farmer Brown's boy's pail? What do you think? Chapter 21. Sammy Jay makes things worse for Buster Bear. Thief! 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 Sammy Jay was screaming at the top of his lungs as he followed Buster Bear across the old pasture towards the green forest. Never had he screamed so loud, and never had his voice sounded so excited. The little people of the green forest, the green meadows, and the smiling pool were so used to hearing Sammy cry thief that usually they think very little about it. But every blessed one who heard Sammy this morning stopped whatever he was doing and pricked up his ears to listen. Sammy's cousin, Blackie the Crow, just happened to be flying along the edge of the old pasture, and the minute he heard Sammy's voice, he turned and flew over to see what, what it was all about. Just as soon as he caught sight of Buster Bear running for the green forest as hard as, he could, as ever he could, he understood what it had, excite, had excited Sammy so. He was so surprised that he almost forgot to keep his wings moving. Buster Bear had what looked to Blackie very much like a tin pail hanging from his neck. No wonder Sammy was excited. Blackie beat his wings fiercely and started after Sammy. So they reached the edge of the green forest. Buster Bear running as hard as ever he, ever he could. Sammy Jay flying just behind him and screaming, Thief! 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 at the top of his lungs. And behind him, Blackie the Crow trying to catch up and yelling as loud as he could. Cock! 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 Come on, everybody! Come on! Come on! Poor Buster. 
It was bad enough to be frightened almost to death as he had been up in the old pasture when the pail had caught over his head just as Farmer Brown's boy had yelled at him. Then, to have the handle of the pail slip down around his neck so that he couldn't get rid of the pail, but had to take him with him as he ran, was making a matter worse. Now, to have all his neighbors of the green forest see him in such a fix and make fun of him was more than he could stand. He felt humiliated. This was just another way of saying shamed. Yes, Sir Buster felt that he was shamed in the eyes of his neighbors, and he wanted nothing as much as to get away by himself where no one could see him and try to get rid of that dreadful pail. But Buster was so big that it's not easy for him to find a hiding place. So when he reached the green forest, he kept right on into the deepest, darkest, most lonesome part and crept under the thickest hemlock tree he could find. But it was of no use. The sharp eyes of Sammy Jay and Blackie the Crow saw him. They actually flew into the very tree under which he was hiding. Oh, and how they did scream. Pretty soon, old Mr. Buzzard came dropping down out of the blue, blue sky and took a seat on a convenient dead tree where he could see all that was going on. Old Mr. Buzzard began to grin as soon as he saw that tin pail on Buster's neck. Then came others. Redtail the hawk, Scrapper the kingbird, Redwing the Blackbird, Drummer the Woodpecker, Welcome Robin, Tommy Dip the Chickadee, Jenny Wren, Red Eye the Vario, and ever so many more. They came from the old orchard and the green meadows and even down by the smiling pool, for the voices of Sammy Jay and Blackie the Crow carried far, and at the sound of them everybody hurried over, sure that something exciting was going on. Presently, Buster heard light footsteps, and peeping out, he saw Billy Mink and Peter Rabbit, and Jumper the Hare, and Prickly Porky, and Reddy Fox, and Jimmy Skunk. Even timid little Whitefoot the Woodmouse was where he could peer out and see without being seen. Of course, Chatterer the Red Squirrel and Happy Jack the Gray Squirrel were there. There they all sat in a great circle around him, each where he felt safe, but where he could see and every one of them laughing and making fun of Buster. Thief! 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 screamed Sammy until his throat was sore. The worst of it was Buster knew that everybody knew that it was true. That awful pail was proof of it. I wish I'd never had thought of berries, growled Buster to himself. Chapter 22 Buster has a fit Buster Bear has a fit of temper. A temper is a bad bad thing when once it gets away there's nothing quite at all like it to spoil a pleasant day. Buster Bear was in a terrible temper. Yes sir. Buster Bear was having the worst fit of temper ever seen in the green forest. And the worst part of it all was that all his neighbors of the green forest and the whole lot from the green meadows and the smiling pool were also there to see it. It was bad enough to give away to temper when you're all alone and there was no one to watch you. But when you let temper get the best of you right where others can see you, oh dear, dear, it certainly is a sorry sight. 
Now, ordinarily, Buster is one of the most good-natured persons in the world. It takes a great deal to rouse his temper. He isn't one-tenth so quick-tempered as Chatterer the Red Squirrel or Sammy Jay or Reddy Fox. But when his temper is aroused and gets away from him, oof, then watch out. It seemed to Buster that he had had all that he could stand that day and a little more. First to come the fright back there in the old pasture. Then the pail had slipped down behind his ears and held fast so that he had to run all the way to the green forest with it hanging around his neck. This was bad enough, for he knew just how funny he must look, and besides, it was very uncomfortable. But to have Sammy Jay call everybody within hearing to come and see him was more than he could stand. It seemed to Buster as if everybody as if everybody who lives in the green forest, on the green meadows, or around the smiling brook, was sitting around his hiding place, laughing and making fun of him. It was more than any self-respecting bear could stand. With a roar of anger, Buster Bear charged out of his hiding place. He rushed this way and that way. He roared with all his might. He was very terrible to see. Those who could fly, flew. Those who could climb, climbed. Those who were swift of foot, ran. A few who could neither fly nor climb nor run fast, hid and lay shaking and trembling for fear that Buster would find them. In less time than it takes to tell it, Buster was all alone. At least he couldn't see anyone. Then he vented his temper on the tin pail. He cuffed at it and pulled at it all the time, growling angrily. He lay down and clawed at it with his hind feet. At last, the handle broke and he was free. He shook himself. Then he jumped on the helpless pail. With a blow of a big paw, he sent it clattering against a tree. He tried to bite it. Then one, he once more felt in knocking it this way and that way until it was pounded flat, and no one would ever have guessed that it had once been a pail. Then, and not till then, did Buster recover his usual good nature. Little by little, as he thought it all over, a look of shame crept into his face. Oh, guess it wasn't the fault of that thing. I ought to have known enough to keep my head out of it, he said slowly and thoughtfully. You got more, no more than you deserve for stealing Farmer Brown, Brown's boy's berries, said Sammy Jay, who had come back and look, was looking on from the top of the tree. You ought to know by this time that no good comes of stealing. Buster Bear looked up and grinned. And there was a twinkle in his eyes. You ought to know, Sammy Jay, said he. I hope you'll always remember it. Thief, 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 screamed Sammy and flew away. And the last chapter, chapter 23. Farmer Brown's Boy Lunches on Berries. When things go wrong in spite of you, to smile's the best thing you can do. To smile and say, I'm mighty glad. They are no worse. They're not so bad. 
That is what Farmer Brown's boy said when he found that Buster Bear had stolen the berries he had worked so hard to pick and then had run off with the pail. You see, Farmer Brown's boy is learning to be something of a philosopher, one of those people who accept bad things cheerfully and right away see how they are better than they might have been. When he had first heard someone in the bushes where he had hidden his pail of berries, he had been very sure that it was one of the cows or young cattle who live in the old pasture during the summer. He had been afraid that they might stupidly kick over the pail and spill the berries, and he had hurried to drive whoever it was away. It hadn't entered his head that it could be anybody who would eat those berries. When he had yelled and Buster Bear had suddenly appeared, struggling to get off the pail which had caught over his head, Farmer Brown's boy had been too frightened to even move. Then he had seen Buster tear away through the brush, even more frightened than he was, and right away his courage had begun to come back. If he is so afraid of me, I guess I needn't be afraid of him, said he. I've lost my berries, but it is worth it to find out that he is afraid of me. There are plenty more on the bushes, and all I've got to do is pick them. Might be worse. He walked over to the place where the pail had been, and then he remembered that when Buster ran away, he had carried the pail with him, hanging about his neck. He whistled. It was a comical little whistle of chagrin, as he realized that he had nothing in which to put more berries, even if he picked them. It's worse than I thought, cried he. That bear has cheated me out of that berry pie my mother promised me. Then he began to laugh as he thought of how funny Buster Bear had looked with a pail about his neck. And then, because you know, he is learning to be a philosopher, he once more repeated, It might have been worse. Yes, indeed, it might have been worse. That bear might have tried to eat me instead of the berries. I guess I'll go eat that lunch I left back by the spring, and then I'll go home. I can pick berries some other day. Chuckling happily over Buster Bear's great fright, Farmer Brown's boy tramped back to the spring where he had left two thick sandwiches on a flat stone when he started to save his pail of berries. My, but those sandwiches will taste good, he thought. I'm glad they are big and thick. I never was hungrier in all my life. Hello! This he exclaimed right out loud, for he had just come in sight of the flat stone where the sandwiches should have been, and they were not there. No, sir, there wasn't so much as a crumb left of those two thick sandwiches. You see, Old Man Coyote had found them and gobbled them up while Farmer Brown's boy was away. But Farmer Brown's boy didn't know anything about Old Man Coyote. He rubbed his eyes and stared everywhere, even up in the trees, as if he thought those sandwiches might be hanging up there. They had disappeared as completely as if they never had been, and Old Man Coyote had taken care to leave no trace of his visit. Farmer Brown's boy gaped foolishly this way and that way, then, instead of growing angry, a slow smile stole over his freckled face. I guess someone else was hungry, too, he muttered. Wonder who it was. Guess this old pasture is no place for me today. I'll fill up on berries and then I'll go home. 
So Farmer Brown's boy made his lunch on blueberries, and then rather sheepishly he started for home to tell of all the strange things that had happened to him in the old pasture. Two or three times as he trudged along, he stopped to scratch his head thoughtfully. I guess, he said at last, that I'm not as so smart as I thought I was, and I've got a lot to learn yet. This is the end of the adventures of Buster Bear in this book, because, guess why? Because old Mr. Toad insists that I must write a book about his adventures, and old Mr. Toad is such a good friend of all of us that I am going to do it. The end.